Praise God. How's everyone? That was good. Uh, worship time, amen? Man, that was so good. Um, you got to be like one crazy person to think that you are the disciple whom Jesus loved. Amen? Like to be the only one to say that. I have a message entitled, Whom He Loved, and I think it's really important uh, because it's going to set us up for next week, actually. Um, these two messages will, will go together, and this one is really important that we, that we get. Uh, there's a place that God wants us to get to, and if we're not there yet, where we fully know and understand that Jesus loves us and that we're confident that he loves us. Amen? So if we're not, then we're going to have a lot of questions that we maybe shouldn't have because we don't understand that the love that Jesus has for us is unconditional and that we should be confident in that love. So like I was saying, you have to be kind of weird and strange to be the only disciple among the 12 that would write these words that John wrote. And mind you, he would speak in the third person. He would say, and Peter was there with the disciple whom Jesus loved, and he's writing the book, okay? This is really strange and really weird, but it's really amazing at the same time. Not only that, the Bible says that every scripture is breathed by the Holy Spirit. So that's even weirder, because the Holy Spirit inspired John to write, Peter was with the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so we got to get to a place, church, where you yourself, maybe in your private time, because if you say it around other people, they might think you're weird, that you would say, I am blank whom Jesus loves. And you got to be okay with saying that, uh, believing that, living that in the middle of your situation. Does that make sense? This is the disciple whom Jesus loved. He, he was always in the right moment at the right time. He didn't just say this once. He didn't just say this twice. He said this five actual times in different places at different times. Five times he said the disciple whom Jesus loved about himself. Five times. And so... In order for us to get to what we're trying to get to next week, it's important for us to get what, what needs to be said today and what the Lord showed me today. And of course, I know that most of us here have heard a message about God's love over our life. Like we know and we say, yeah, God loves me, right? Uh, or maybe what we usually say is, I love God. That's what we usually say. Or we sing those words like, I love you, God. And that's good and it's helpful and it's awesome and it's worship. But in the middle of the situation, when bad things are ha happening to you because of life, because of consequences, because of whatever, are you in your heart believing that Jesus loves you, even though it doesn't look that way, humanly speaking? Do you believe in your heart that maybe when your economy is bad at home or maybe when the health has gone bad or, or maybe when things aren't going the way that you think they should be going or you're praying them to go, that you believe that Jesus still loves you and that you are the disciple whom Jesus loves. Do you believe that in your heart? If you do, that's awesome. But I think that we can get to a place where we are confident, when we are confident that Jesus loves us. Somebody say amen. 
Uh, so he talked like in the third person. And <laughs> it's, so, it's so strange, but he was, trying to, he was trying to show us a picture. You know, of course, guided by the Holy Spirit. He was trying to show us a picture of who he was being as a disciple when he was around Jesus Christ. And it's important that we see that picture today. So I remember uh, the first time that uh, Cynthia and I told each other, I love you. Have you guys heard that story? Maybe, maybe not. So uh, Cynthia had gone to, we were dating, of course. This just didn't happen when we were married. (laughs) That would be strange. We were dating, uh, my wife and I. And uh, I remember she went to Mexico. Uh, I believe uh, that's what it was. And... uh, I think she went for like a couple weeks and we were we had been dating maybe for a couple years or, or so or a year maybe. Who knows? It's been a long time, guys. Um, and anyway, I, we missed each other, you know, and, and then you, you talk on the you ever missed anyone? Anyone here? All right. <laughs> you miss someone and you like talk on the phone. Right. And, you know, you know, you shouldn't be because the bill's not going to be great, especially back then. We didn't have the whole it's easy to call to Mexico thing. So we were talking and, and we would talk every day and we remind you we were still dating. It was like, I like you and I like you a lot. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, boyfriend and girlfriend stuff. And she came back and uh, we met up uh, maybe the first day she was back or the second day. And uh, she said, I have to tell you something. And I got scared. Because I always get scared when someone says, I have to tell you something. <laughs> That's just me. So she said, I have to tell you something. And I said, uh, okay. Uh, what's up? Uh, everything okay? Are you okay? Are you, is your family okay? Am I okay? Are we okay? She's like, be quiet. Let me, let me talk. And... Uh, she says, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm falling in love with you. I, I love you. And I was like, oh, man. And I was over here paranoid about I don't know what. So I, I, I had realized the same thing, that I loved her. So we told each other on that day, Blue, that we loved each other. What an amazing time. But we still had issues. We still had things that we needed to, like, go through and, and overcome as a couple. And I couldn't fully confidently back then say that I trusted her all the way or that she trusted me all the way. I was, especially back then, I was a jealous, like, monster back then. Like, really bad, like, insecure type stuff that nobody should go through. No woman should go through. Amen. Amen? Okay, you scared me. But I think, you know, we've gotten to a place as a couple where I am confident in her love for me. Like, I have no question. I don't question it. I don't doubt it. Is it. Do we still tell each other I love you? Of course, that's important. But I've gotten to a place where I can faithfully, confidently say, you know, I'm Mario whom Cynthia loves. <laughs> we got to get to a place like that with God, and even more so, because he's our first love. Amen? He is our first love. So we got to get to a place where you feel so confident, so sure 
that you are the disciple whom Jesus loves. That no matter what's happening, that no matter what turn of events are happening in life, that you are okay with saying, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. So he said it five times. And I want to take you through those five times because each time that he said it, he said it in a particular specific moment that shows something about his relationship with Jesus. So let's go to the first one. We're going to be in the book of John for obvious reasons. Chapter 13 is where we'll start. Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Okay, everyone's confused. Eleven people are confused. Okay? Now, there was... Leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then leaning back on Jesus, then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? All right, did you catch some stuff there? So, John is leaning on the chest of Jesus, chilling, having a good time, fellowship, intimacy, having connection, hearing the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says a bunch of stuff because he's going to go to the cross. So he's telling them a bunch of things. This is the Last Supper. And he says, Some, one of you will betray me. And all the other ones are like, oh, my gosh, who is it? And, and John's chilling. He's on his chest. Like, huh, what happened? And Peter looks at John and he says, he says there, uh, then Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask Jesus who it was. Peter didn't even speak up. Nobody said anything in this moment. He motioned to John. Hey, ask him. John's like, huh, what happened? I was, I, was, uh, I was kind of busy right now. What were you guys talking about? What, what's the situation? And then John has the open door and the access to ask Jesus. Jesus, who are you talking about? Who's going to betray you? And Jesus actually answers. In verse 26, Jesus says, It is he whom I shall give a piece of bread, and I have dipped it. He gives him the answer of what's happening. I, I believe in this moment we can see that the disciple whom Jesus loved is, is experiencing intimacy. He is in one of the most intimate moments with Jesus Christ. Not only is Jesus about to die in a couple days or actually that night, he's about to die the, the very next day, but John is resting on his chest and he's having an intimate moment because uh, John is confident that Jesus loves him. He is so confident that Jesus loves him that nothing around seems to distract him from Jesus. I don't want things to distract me. I don't want events in my life to distract me from my first love. I don't want entertainment to distract me from Jesus. 
I don't want the things of this world to distract me. There's intimacy in this moment. Why is John the only one resting on his chest in intimacy? Because he knows Jesus loves me. This I know. Jesus loves me. I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. I don't know about you guys, but I'm his favorite. That's John's attitude. Man, he is so loved and he knows it. And he's just like enjoying Jesus. He's totally enjoying Jesus. What a moment. What a moment. What love John had received from the Lord. Sometimes we, we want to, like, we, we want to love God. And we love God. But we, we, we might focus too many times in our life on, on trying to love God more. And God hasn't asked us to love him more. He's asking us to learn how to be loved by him. We are only responders of his love. He is the initiator. He has initiated love. Amen? And we respond with love. Peter is signaling, hey, ask him. Because he knew John. John had access. John had that door open where he can ask Jesus anything. Amen? Let's go to John uh, chapter 19. Let me know when you're there. John 19, verse 25. Check this out. Another moment. Another amazing moment. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. All the Marys are there. When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, Behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Amen. So there's Jesus on the cross, y'all. On the cross, dying for all of our sins. All the Marys are there. No other disciple is there. But one, John. The disciple whom Jesus loves. Amen? And they have a moment there. Jesus sees that the Marys are there and then sees the disciple, sees John. And then offers, can you take care of my mom since I won't be here? Can you take care of the woman that carried me nine months in her belly? Can you take care of her for me? Because You know how much I love you, so I can trust you. So in this this passage, John, the disciple, the apostle, is showing us that when you are confident that Jesus loves you, he'll trust you. Sometimes we pray, God, give me more. I want the nations. But when issues come into our life, we forget and we lose track that Jesus loves us. And we'll even say, do you love me, Jesus? Yeah, he loves you. Can you imagine? John is at the cross. 
the greatest display of love ever in history. And John would ask, Jesus, do you love me? No, John is there because he knows that he is loved. He wants to take you to places that are going to be amazing and wonderful solely based on the fact that you know confidently that he loves you. God is so in love with you that he wants to give you everything. But if you don't know that love, it will be tough to manage what he gives you. Because if something messes up, you're going to blame God. And God wants you free from all of that. So he wants you to know how much he loves you. Are you with me this afternoon? This is so important that we get because what we talk about next week has to do with responsibility in a way. And we have to talk about this to get that. What I'm talking about next week is something I've entitled the Cain Effect. And it has to do with a place that God brings us to of responsibility in his kingdom. That the decisions that we make, whether right or wrong, have consequences. But it doesn't change the fact that he loves us. But when we learn confidently, we know that he loves us. We respond with obedience and with worship. So trust is not earned. It's given. So here's Jesus at the cross giving trust to John because John is so sure. You know, a lot of times we relate to Peter. Like I relate to Peter most often. I think it's time for us to switch that. I think it's time for us to change that and say, I want to I follow in John's steps. I want that legacy. All right, let's, let's go to the next one. John, next chapter, John 20. A healthy soul is a soul that knows how much it is loved by Jesus. A healthy soul is a soul that knows how much it is loved by Jesus. John 20, verse 1 and 2. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Then You might not know the story, but then they run, him and Peter, they run to the tomb. And John says that he got there first. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved outran Peter and got there first. So when you know that Jesus loves you, when you know confidently that he loves you, you are going to witness great works. John was Maybe the fourth person, third person that was a witness to the empty tomb. And John was one of those people that hadn't lost hope. He was so confident that Jesus loved him. He witnessed something amazing. They all witnessed it, but he was one of the first ones to witness it. He even tells a story like, I got there first. I got there before Peter. 
Because Jesus loves me. This I know. So because he loves me, I will get to win. See, sometimes we don't think we deserve to witness great things. Sometimes we don't think we deserve miracles. Sometimes we don't think we deserve breakthrough. But it's a foundational principle. Why? Because you don't know how much Jesus loves you. You don't know confidently that he loves you. You say, yes, he loves me. But confidently in your heart, when you're by yourself, when things happen, do you know without a doubt that he loves you? That's so important. So important. And he ran to the tomb. It's almost like Mary barely finished her statement and they ran. And he ran faster, he says. I got there first, everyone. I just, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants the history to know <laughs> that I got there first. Because I'm, I'm loved by Jesus. I know it's, it's weird, it's strange, it's, it's a... Uh, it's unorthodox, maybe. But that's how we should be as disciples. Not like, oh, you know, we'll figure it out. You know, God is good. No, like, he loves me. Yeah, yeah, things didn't work out maybe the way that I planned it. Maybe we prayed and things, but he loves me. He loves me. Amen? Okay, the next one is in... The very next chapter, 21, verse 6 and 7. This is the fourth one. So we're almost done. It's good. Verse 6. And he said to them, cast a net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw in it because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. Revelation. Those whom Jesus loves, and know it confidently, receive revelation. Peter didn't get it at first. John got it as soon as he heard his voice. Because those that are loved and know it hear their master's voice and know it. They know the voice. They know when it's God. I, this whole time, you know, when I've preached about this passage, I have focused on Peter. Peter was fishing all night. It was dark. John was there, though. I think John was there because he was in support of his brother. His brother was going through stuff. He was doubting everything, but John was there. I think John was there for support. I don't think John was in the same boat as Peter. Come on, somebody. That was a good pun. You got to give me credit. I don't think John was in the same boat as Peter, in the same spirit, mindset as Peter. 
I think Peter was depressed and he was in a dark place. He had denied Jesus three times. He had not got a chance to say I'm sorry to Jesus before Jesus died. John was not in that place. John was at the cross where Jesus said, take care of my mother. John was not in the same boat. So when John hears the Lord's voice from the beach, from the sand, from from outside the water, John says, it's the Lord. It's him. It's the Lord. I heard him. It sounds just like every time when I was laying on his chest and I would hear his breath and I would hear his voice. It sounds just like him. I recognize that voice. Peter didn't recognize it. But John recognized the voice because he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. He knew how loved he was. I want you to know this afternoon that you are loved by Jesus. That Jesus doesn't love you less or more. He loves you the same as John. The same as me. The same as we are loved by Jesus. And he wants you to know it in your heart. Confidently know it in your heart, church, that he loves you. That he loves you. I'm loved. Man, I'm loved. I'm not alone. I'm not going through this alone. I'm loved. You recognize the voice. No one else did. Peter didn't. Peter ends up being the leader of the church in Jerusalem. But John, no one talked like John. Not Peter. You can read the the scriptures. Not Paul. John had this revelation of Jesus loves me. This I know. And I know that I know that I know that Jesus loves me. And sometimes these messages go in one ear and out the other because we hear about God's love so much. But this is profound. This 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 is everything. This is everything. Everything we do this for is because he loved us first. We are merely in response of that first love. So we got to get it. Same chapter 21, verse 20. Verse 20. You there? And Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord... What about this man? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you, Peter? You follow me. (laughs) Oh, man, I love this. Then this saying went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Confidence. 
Those who are loved by Jesus and know it are confident. John was there in support. Jesus is asking Peter, Peter, do you love me? Why was Jesus asking Peter, do you love me, and not John? Because John knew that he was loved. So he was in response to that love. Peter didn't know how loved he was. So Jesus had to ask him, Peter, do you love me? And if Peter, if you say yes, that means that you know that I love you first. (sighs) Confidence. You see, Peter, what he says, what about him? Because Jesus just got done telling Peter how he would die one day. The haters come out when you are confident that Jesus loves you. What about him, Lord? You haven't said anything about him in his life. John's just like, I'm loved. (laughs) Chilling. He was the last disciple to die. The last one. Everyone else died horrible deaths. He died chilling. The island. Got revelation. Went to heaven every day. Went to heaven, saw the, all the bee stuff that you guys try to figure out in Revelations, Christians. Uh, uh, saw heaven every day. Lived in heaven. Walked with Jesus by himself. That revelation came. The book of Revelations came. All of that, all of that because this man knew how much Jesus loved him. All of it. All of it. He wasn't trying to work hard. He wasn't trying to perform, outperform. He wasn't trying to do any of that. He just knew confidently, without a doubt, Jesus loves me. Are you confident that you are a disciple whom Jesus loves? Today, now, when bad things happen, do you think that he has stopped loving you? The same way he always has. That he might love someone else more than he loves you. He loves you. Amen? Amen? He loves you. He loves me. I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. What is love? We know that God is love. We know that God is the The person, he doesn't do love, he is love. Amen? We know that he is love. But John wrote about love in 1st of John, if you can go with me. We'll end with this passage. I'm going to read the NLT on this one. 1st John chapter 4. Verse 10. Verse 10, just one little verse there. It is in context. He's talking about love, and he says, This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is real love. 
He says, this, this is real love. And then he says, this is what love isn't. Did you see that? This is real love. Not, not that we loved God. Now, is the Bible in context, full context, is the word saying that we should not love God? No, of course not. We are responding to his first action of love, to him as love. But he's saying this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loves us. He sent his son, became the sacrifice, and took away our sins. It's not that you love God. I know you love God. God knows you love him. But it is that he loved you first and he loves you now and he will forever love you he loves you and that is real love that god loves you amen real love real love is that he loved us first sent his son to die on the cross for us so if you have a question if you have a question, does Jesus love me? Does he love me? Uh, yeah. He showed you that he loves you already. You are loved by him. He died for you. In love, though, ladies and gentlemen, in love, there is freedom. There is freedom in love. You are allowed freedom in his love. You can do the right thing. And you can do the wrong thing, and it won't stop Jesus from loving you. But it will come with consequences, some of those things. You know, the prodigal son and his brother, they didn't know the father's love for them. They didn't know at first until much later when everything else happened. Then they understood that they were loved. And that they didn't need anything else. And now they can respond with obedience and honor. Now, knowing that they are loved. I believe Cain was loved as well. And God warns Cain. But Cain did things that weren't pleasing to God. But that didn't stop God from loving Cain. God wants you to do the right thing. He wants you to do the... the You'd be a great testimony, be a great example, and all of that. But it has to be from I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the L.A. area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.